to another episode of Point Forward Podcast. Um, in this episode, we are starting with a new kind of format for the SoCon season. I am adding a uh, podcast partner. I'm going to do at least one a week. Sometimes it'll be the two of us. Sometimes we will have a SoCon coach or player of the week. And we would like to, um, I think we're going to call it the SoCon Sessions, something of that nature. Um, and it's going to be under my Point Forward podcast moniker. So, um, and my broadcast or co-host uh, partner for the podcast for the season is going to be John Hooper. He writes for Mid-Major Madness. You can get him on Facebook or Twitter by searching at SoCon John. Um, he's um, you know, been writing for a while. He's, he's definitely more of a historian of the SoCon than I am. Um, so I really appreciate his point of view and his uh, opinion. I think we both lean in specific ways, but we have a lot of respect for all these coaches and players that um, that, that you know occupy the SoCon, and really we're both very excited for the season. So without further ado, um, I wish I uh, hope everyone kind of follows this and we get a, a good following with the SoCon. So uh, SoCon sessions is a uh, working title. I think um, episode one was a good one. We preview the top four in the league, and uh, we'll go from there. Hope you guys like it. All right, welcome. Um, this this is a new podcast. Uh, we're we haven't officially named it yet. Um, it's going to be myself and uh, John Hooper. I think everyone knows him as SoCon John, whether on Twitter or any kind of social media. Um, we are uh, going to do kind of like a because we want to keep these short between thirty and thirty five minutes, forty five minutes max. We're going to do a top half of the of the of the SoCon uh, preview. Um, so that means in in most, most people's minds, that means the big four. So we're going to look for ETSU, uh, UNCG, uh, Furman, and Wofford, and, and just go over their rosters, you know, uh, upcoming schedule, where, where we think they're going to end up uh, so far. But without uh, further ado, I have uh, SoCon John, um, John Hooper, uh, right now via phone. And at some point, we'll, we'll get a split screen where you can see both of our ugly faces. Um, and uh, – <laughs> but uh, – so, John, uh, you know, t- tell people where they can find you, and, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, you can find me at, at SoconJohn22 on Twitter, and I write for Mid-Major Madness. So all my Southern Conference content will be there, just uh, www.midmajormadness.com. It's all uh, one word, Mid-Major Madness. And so uh, I've enjoyed covering this league for them the past uh, couple of years, and Man, it's I'm coming off last year. I think you know everyone's uh, really excited to see what what this season has to offer. Um, coming off what I I think Mark, you would agree that this is probably the the best season in Southern Conference history if you if you look at it in terms of strength and how the the top four teams finished. Yeah, and I'll and I'll be the first to admit I'll defer to the history of the league uh, from for you. But in, in terms of just you know where where bas- where college basketball is, you know there were some really great ETSU and Chattanooga teams in the early '90s, um, and then up you know I remember you know as a kid you know seeing Western Carolina in the NCAA tournament. So the the the, the conference itself has a has a has a rich history. Obviously, it's you know coming in the hundredth year. Um, the, the the thing I would say is the the reason why I think people are excited about the the conference strength as a whole right now is for 
for a lot of reasons. You know, last year the four four teams that we're going to talk about today, um, you know, in, in all in a fair system, they're all in the NCAA tournament. Um, and right. and I think that's one of the reasons why people are, are excited about the league. Um, is it top heavy? Yeah, but we have. But next week we'll talk about um, you know the the middle of the road teams, the bottom bottom three teams, or where they are, and they're still tough outs. I mean. You know, with the exception of Wofford last year, everyone had issues with, you know, the Citadel and, and in some cases VMI um, in Sanford. And, and those are the teams we'll talk about next week. But, you know, that outlier season, I don't think is going to happen this year. Um, I think ETSU is the favorite, and we're going to get into that right now. Um, but uh, I, I really think that this season is going to be interesting because you're, you've lost some really big-time players. Uh, UNCG with Francis Alonzo and Demetrius Troy, their entire – backcourt essentially right and then in the same can be said with Wofford you know they, they lose the all-time three-point shooter in history history of the NCAA tournament NCAA in general they lost uh their their head coach to Virginia Tech they lost um you know uh a bunch of, t- of players and then on top of it um they lost um uh, some 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 recruits that were going to go there because of Mike Young but and also some transfers so right I don't know about you, but I want to dive right into this and where um, where these teams were ranked media and coach wise. Um, I I had it this way, and we'll just talk about the top four. And I think I'm right in line with most other media members. I had ETSU as the favorite. I had UNCG second, and that was a flip mm-hmm. of a coin, flip of a coin for me with Furman and mm-hmm. uh, Fer- Furman third and Wofford fourth. Um, where, where do you, where, did you have the same thing or did you have any other kind of variants? Uh, I mean, like I was like you, I had East Tennessee state first, just based simply on what they return. Um, I went back and forth with UNCG and Furman. I almost think they should probably be tied for a second, but yeah, I, just, that. I, I would, um, I put Furman second on my ballot and then UNCG third and Wofford fourth. Um, okay. but I think, I think the hardest one definitely for me was deciding between uh, UNCG and Furman, but I do, I did pick, or I I don't know if I, we we couldn't actually vote on the teams, I don't guess, but if I had to pick a player of the year, it was Isaiah, Isaiah Miller obviously is is my player of the year, just simply what he did on both ends of the floor. Sure. Um, And he's only going to be better this year, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the interesting thing about Isaiah is he had some games where, you know, he, he hit a bunch of threes and, um, you know, those were his highest scoring games, obviously. So I'm curious to see um, where he goes from here, right? Because if he continues to be an outside threat um, the way mm-hmm. I, I think he will because he's a hard worker, um, you know, sometimes that happens late. Sometimes you become a better shooter late in life. I, I look at like someone like Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd couldn't shoot a lick in college and then all of a sudden he right. was a spot up three-point shooter in the NBA so it can happen if you and he has good form you know I mean I think some of the the toughest toughest things about trying to be a shooter afterwards like someone like Ben Simmons in the NBA is you know people are trying to see if he can shoot I mean it's tough it's you know me personally I don't know about you but I love to do things that I'm good at right because it's I love to practice things I'm good at it's it's harder as you get older to want to practice things that you aren't very good at right you want to see the success, the success over and over again. So like if I go to the gym right now, I love to shoot because I make them. It's fun to watch the ball right. go in the hole. 
But I think – so I think I, that's the challenge for Isaiah. And, and to go back to ETSU, someone like – my second in, in, the, in the SOCON for a player of the year was Jeremy Rodriguez. And, yeah. and, most, and, and because of what he does from a defensive and an on-rebounding standpoint, um, and he needs to work on similar things that Isaiah does from the free-throw line. Um, being a little more uh, consistent there I think would be a huge lift to ETSU. Um, and so let's, so let's segue into ETSU. Um, I love, I love this, uh, roster. Um, it has so much versatility. So I look at, I'm, I'm staring down at my computer. So if you, if the people who can see this, who are watching this are looking at me, um, I'm looking down at my computer at this roster, uh, Trey Boyd, Bo, Bo Hodges, uh, Davian Williamson, Patrick Good, uh, Jerome Rodriguez, uh, Isaiah Tisdale, um, then, then, you add uh, Joe Hughley, who's uh, a transfer, a graduate transfer from Central Connecticut State University, can really stretch the floor, a uh, really good shooter, also an 85% free throw shooter. That's awesome. Um, and then we haven't even talked about two seven-footers with Lucas and Gesson and, uh, and Gasson and, um, and Octavian Corley. So, I mean, and then some, And then again, I, uh, I don't want to get ETSU fans, uh, you know, anything to, to attack me on here. And then you have – uh, Damari Monsanto, who's a freshman, uh, six foot six out of out of Pembroke Pines, Florida, and he's you know projected to be a, a really good, solid addition to their team, and then kind of go in that Bo Hodges uh, you know realm mm-hmm. as he gets a little older. It's just they're they're loaded. They're just a loaded team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're very good. I mean, depth wise, you know, you look at even a guy like Charlie Weber who. Um, will draw some probably some comparisons to Clay Mounts with his athleticism and ability to shoot. He's, he's kind of that same build, um, you know, for a, you know coming in this year from Bishop O'Connell High School out of a, Alexandria, Virginia, which is yep. a very good program. And so that that to me is you know, and, and he's a guy that might even have to retcher. I mean, because they have so much depth. I think the deepest backcourt by far in the league, uh, if you look at, you know, they return basically, I think it's five guards. They'll, they'll, they'll split time at uh, point guard with Isaiah Tisdale and, and Davian Williamson. Those guys, I mean, it was really kind of neat to talk to Coach Forbes at media day because, you know, last year that was the big unknown for ETSU coming into the season was the point guard position. And this year, I feel like, you know, their deepest position is point guard. And I feel like that, that position is one of the, probably the most competitive, you know, in terms of getting playing time. And, and I would imagine in practice as well. I agree. Um, anytime you get, well, first thing, and I've heard this, is, heard this from Coach Forbes, that Patrick Good is in good health. Uh, no, no pun intended there. And uh, and and so, so what that does is for them, if pa- if Pat Good can be himself, um, they have one, two, three, four, and then you throw Isaiah Tisdale five, in my opinion, plus three point shooters. And I think last year Trey really had to shoulder the load a little bit because of the injury to Pat, and because mm-hmm. you know, Dave, and because of the fact that Davion is was a freshman, uh, or, or you know, a, you know, kind of. Looking at the looking at the the landscape of that team, um, you know, I, I think Bo Hodges is fantastic. I, I don't see him as as a shooter, more more of like a slasher and a scorer. So I'm talking about just straight up straight up three point shooters. Obviously, Trey would be my Trey and Patrick would be the the two guys who are going to get get it going for them. 
But then again, yeah. to add someone like Joe, who's a stretch four, who you can put in pick and roll, who um, mm-hmm. and and kind of you know use use his not only his physicality but the fact that he can step back and shoot it from 22, 23 feet is really is is really dynamic for for Steve Forbes' offense. I know he's going to be able to use um, uh, that to kind of enhance his 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 offense and what he does. And then you throw in that mix. The ability to get the ball with Jerome Rodriguez, if if in case they do have an off night, um, I feel like he's probably feeling pretty good about himself going into going into his November fifth game. Yeah, oh yeah, I think so too. And then you, you mentioned the the three point threats uh, that that ETSU has. I mean, if you look at that backcourt, you had um, uh, Isaiah Tisdale, and, and really, uh, I think Trey Boyd. I think he led the team with like eighty seven uh, yep. threes or. And, and Patrick Good had 82. So those two guys, that's the first time in history they have ever had two guys hit 80-plus three-pointers in the same season. Um, so very, very versatile when you add – you mentioned Joe Hughley, who's going to come in, and he's going to be kind of uh, – he's going to take a little bit of pressure off of Bo Hodges, who I think For sure. is ETSU's most versatile player because you can play – Hodges has played one through four – in his in his career at ETSU, um, I, I think he'll be focused. He's their best on the ball defender. It's just a question of health. He really didn't get healthy till February last year, if you'll remember. He started out the season kind of with that groin injury. I think it's going to be a key for ETSU this year when you talk about uh, where this team ends up. Is are they able to stay healthy? I know that Jerome Rodriguez and Patrick Good had to miss the trip to Europe because of injury, uh, you know, I think surgeries that they had and they were still rehabbing or whatever. So they had to miss that. But uh, if they're able to stay healthy, uh, this could be a, a season similar to what um, Wofford maybe had last year. Or, or, you know, you could see them even in, in the rankings like Wofford or, or Furman. I think that that um, they don't really have a, a ceiling, but but they could enjoy that type of success. And I think there's if you look at their non-conference schedule, where that that LSU matchup looks right right to the taking for the Bucks. Yeah, I think um, you know I think a lot of teams, you know, in 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 the SoCon have had opportunities against big time or quote unquote big uh, big five uh, you know power five conferences, and that and that in particular could be one where ETSU could snag, uh, you know, a big victory. Um, that's, that's the thing is, you know, every year with, whether it's Wofford, ETSU, UNCG, they, there, there has to be a perfect storm to steal, to steal one of these wins against a power five conference. So you're going into their home gym. It's unlikely they come to you. So you're, you're already kind of behind the eight ball. And then on top of it, you look at it from a perspective of, I look at the last two kind of bigger wins for, for SoCon opponents Last year, Wofford beat South Carolina by 20 on the road. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Nathan, Nathan Hoover's coming out party had 30 points. S- South Carolina was, you know, in a bad way at that point. They ended up being better towards the end of the year. But also, the the ability to kind of use Fletcher almost as a, um, I don't want to say a decoy. I mean, that was what made Wofford so special last year is they had the ability to not just be a, the Fletcher McGee show. And I think ETSU has a very similar uh, makeup this year. And then two years ago when UNCG beat NC State on the road, Markel Johnson was suspended for the game. That certainly helped. Um, and I think Jordy Kuyper made five straight threes at one point in that game. So there was, there was a lot of things. There's a lot of things that have to happen to, to get one of those wins. 
Um, and I think ETSU is one of those teams that can go into anyone's gym and give them a hard time, if not steal one. Uh, and LSU is a great, great place. They lost, they already lost a bunch, but uh, ETSU is going to, they're going to surprise some folks, but they're also not going to surprise a team like LSU. Knowing, you know, that program, Will Wade, even though I'm not a big fan, is not going to let his team, you know, overlook ETSU. You know what I mean? So that that one that one would be a, a tough one, but from a from a standpoint of roster to roster, they're right there. I, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so let's let's go down to both of our number two picks, and that's uh, UNC Greensboro, UNCG. Um, Brings back, you know, quite a few people. They did lose their backcourt. Like, no, there's not a, a person alive that's covering this sport that doesn't realize that if you lose your starting point guard and starting shooting guard, that you're going to kind right. of take a step step back in terms of um, your ability to score. But they're just going to be different. You know, take it from me, um, if there's one school that I cover the most, obviously I live here in Greensboro. Um, I have f- friends on on the coaching staff, so I'm well aware of, of their – um, struggles and also their triumphs. So, for example, um, going into the season, you have the preseason player of the year that doesn't ha- that doesn't hurt anybody with Isaiah Miller, um, and then you have a really talented freshman class coming in to go to go along with James Dickey, Kyron Galloway, um, you know, some of the guys coming back, uh, Angelo Allegri, um, Malik Massey's there, good uh, senior leadership. Um, so the the freshman class. You have Keyshawn and Kobe Langley. Um, you have Dorico Williams, whose eligibility is still in question um, for in terms of trying to get him eligible with grades. Uh, so if you don't see him at the beginning of the year, you might see him come conference play, and that would be a huge mm-hmm. boost. He's an unbelievable freak of an athlete, 6'8", 220 pounds, can jump out of right. the gym. And then to add other freshmen, um, you have Boz Late. He's from uh, the Netherlands uh, via mm-hmm. New Hampton in New Hampshire. Six foot ten, very similar to what ETSU has with um, the the kid from uh, from what was what was the school you just mentioned from Alexandria? They're very they're almost identical players. Six foot ten can shoot the three. Six foot nine. Um, oh, you talking about Charlie? Uh, Charlie, Charlie Weber. Weber. Uh, yep. Yeah. It it was almost yeah. when 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 Boz signed with UNCG. Um, I believe Coach Forbes had uh, a recruiting visit almost like a week later with Charlie, and then he signed. It was mm-hmm. like it, it was almost like tit for tat. Uh, very very mm-hmm. similar yeah. players. Um, and I, I, this the, this is this is this is what this is another thing about for me the top two, the depth of these two teams um, can go ten deep. I forgot Caleb Hunter. Caleb Hunter came into UNCG three years ago as a redshirt freshman, averaging twenty seven points mm-hmm. a game as a as a senior in high school. He can fill it up. He can. He's a six foot five wing guy. So there's nothing that this team can't do. The issue is that for me is how are they going to be different offensively with with no Francis Alonso? Um, I think I think personally they're going to let Isaiah obviously have a little more rope, but they have they have other pieces. They're just young um, that are going to have to step up from a from a from a scoring standpoint. What do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, to begin with, different, different words that stuck out to me. The scoring is going to have to be different in, the, in terms of where it comes from. I don't yep. think you'll see quite as many uh, shots going up from deep. But I do think where this team is, might be a little bit better is, is getting to the basket and, and kind of creating um, sure. with, you know, off the dribble. And I think that uh, the thing that made Alonzo so tough to guard, I think, not only his shooting ability, but his ability to make big shots 
and, and just chasing him. I noticed, uh, or I talked to Coach Forbes at at um, Media Day, and he was mentioning how how much his guys were just having to chase, you know, chase around screens, chase him around. I mean, he's just he's always moving, you know, looking for that that just you know sliver of open space um, to to get a, a shot up and had such a quick release. I think that was what made him tough. But on the same hand, I think when you put when you add in what, what we know Isaiah can do athletically, he's obviously a better athlete than, than Francis Alonzo. So he's going to be able to, you know, and this is a, a weird comparison. Well, I'm not a weird comparison, but Stephen Kroon was a lot like that because he went at Furman a few years ago. He was able to kind of drive to the basket, draw a lot of fouls, and get to the line a lot. I think you'll see a lot of that with, with Isaiah because of his quickness. And I think you'll see it. And that's what makes, uh, I think that's what makes UNCG different. And, and, you know, they may not, they may be getting a lot more three point plays the old fashioned way this year than, than maybe some of the production they lost from uh, Alonzo from deep. But I think, uh, I think they're very deep, very athletic. I would say, um, you know, UNCG and ETSU very similar, maybe UNCG even a little bit more athletic. I'm, uh, but but very close, very elite as in terms of if you yeah. compared them to other teams in mid-major basketball and their, their athleticism, I would put those two up against anyone. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree. Um, I think the thing that people will will find interesting is as much as and this is me trying to be as objective as possible uh, because I do I do like what I see when I go to practice. Um, they're still, they still have shooters. That's, that's the thing is that it's, it's not going to be, it's not the, the, the difference is everything ran through Francis. And then if something else happened, you gave it to Isaiah to create, right? So the difference this year is, is going to be Isaiah creating potentially for him, obviously for himself, but also getting out on the fast break and even getting some transition threes. One guy I didn't mention was Michael Hewitt Jr. He's a sophomore transfer from Old Dominion. This kid can, can absolutely fill it up. And if he right. if he is the type of player that I think he is, and I think Coach Miller thinks he is from a defensive standpoint, and he can keep keep himself on the court that way, there's mm-hmm. no reason why he can't fill fill those very big shoes of Francis Alonso. Because shooting wise, if you just put them back to, back and forth together, I mean, they're both they're both fantastic three point shooters. Um, but can they can he do it consistently off screens? And what Wes is asking him to do. You still have Kyron Galloway who can fill it up, you know, from three uh, on a, in a pick and pop situation. Angelo Allegri, ETSU fans know him from the five three pointers he hit on the road against them, so he's mm-hmm. very capable. Um, and, and then you have the Langley twins; both are really excellent three point shooters. Um, you're not bringing in players that are similar to Isaiah, but they're pushing him athletically, which is something to say. Um, but that's and then, then you have another kid who signed late. You know, who is a 40% three-point shooter, um, you know, in Lithuania, which is Arnie Adamovicius. Mm-hmm. He's he's also a six-foot-four. So the thing I love about these these two teams, like you said, athletically, is it's not just a bunch of little guys shooting threes and you get a couple of, you know, stiff guys right. underneath, underneath the rebounds. You have dynamic, athletic players who can play one through three, and then you have some guys who can play all the way to the four, like you mentioned, Bo Hodges. Um, and, and if they, and if some, if they can get Dorico, AKA Rico Williams back in, in January for conference play, man, mm-hmm. that, he's, he's a game changer. So, um, I'm disappointed if he can't play, but you know, that's, you still got to go to school and everything like that. So I, I, I wish him the best. I hope he can get out here. Um, really, really kind of fantastic type player. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be a battle. Um, let's, uh, let's transition so we don't run out of time here and let's get with the Furman Paladins. Um, you go first. This is, this is the team that's closest to you. Um, mm -hmm. give me your, give me your report. What you got? Well, I mean, I've had a chance to go out and see a couple of practices. Um, I went out before they went to the Bahamas. Uh, this team's obviously last year. It's no, no, uh, you know, secret that they were. They did a lot through Matt Rafferty. Um, even when it came to like having it, their five as a press breaker, which is really kind of unique. But uh, you know, I think uh, it'll be much like UNCG. They'll be different um, in terms of. Uh, can, can they, can it, it won't be just Rafferty, you know, like they relied so much on Matt Rafferty last year. I know Noah Gurley and Clay Mouse have put on about 20 pounds for Noah, I think in 15 for uh, uh, Clay Mouse. So they've been in the weight room. Um, Noah Gurley, I think is going to be a game changer this year. Another guy I, I did is, a, uh, I didn't realize was as good of an athlete, I guess maybe, as he is, but watching the practice, uh, Jalen Slauson, who um, last year was obviously a freshman, didn't didn't see much. Uh, he, he saw some good good playing time towards the end of the season in the conference tournament, but his his minutes are going to go up significantly this year. Um, he's gotten a little bit bigger. He's just an amazing athlete. I, I think he's a a guy that really you can. Uh, he, he's he. The two practices I went to, he was one of their better post defenders, and he was uh, uh, certainly going to be, I think, Furman's uh, leading shot blocker this year. He'll be a guy that is probably up there in, in shot blocks in the conference as well. Um, and the other guy that, that kind of no one is uh, even surprised, I think, Coach Ritchie a little bit, is a new uh, guard that comes in, Marcus Foster, a guy that, they were expecting to, to maybe have to maybe redshirt this year, but he's been so good um, going to the Bahamas and, and you know in the preseason practices. Uh, he's kind of like Trey Clark in the, his makeup. He's kind of long. He's uh, he's got long arms. He gets in the passing lanes. He's a very good defender. Um, so I think he'll play and he'll, he'll see some significant court action this year. Um, you know, Colin uh, Colin Kenny. Is a guy that was in the top, I think, ten in the state of Indiana in scoring. Um, a very good shooter. Again, um, Coach Ritchie seems to always be able to find those guys that are kind of fall through the cracks, um, uh, shooting. You know that that some maybe some bigger schools miss out on. And same can sure. be said for the other coaches in the league as well. Um, Wes Miller being one of them. I think he's found some great shooters uh, throughout his career at UNCG. Um, but I think that uh, this this is Furman team is going to be different. They're going to be, I, I think they're going to be more of a team that turns defense into offense a lot this year uh, and getting out on, in transition. Um, and I, I think offensively, if you look at it, uh, Jordan Lyons is in the best shape of his career, um, body wise, and you know he's he's in, in those two practices I went to, he's going to the the cup a little bit more. Um, He's not, you know, he's trying to move off screens. He's he's really uh, improved his game a lot in terms of what, you know, beyond we know he can shoot from three, but he's in, he, he's improved his game in other ways. I think the the biggest 
thing that he's made the improvement on is really just, um, you know, moving off screens like we talked about with Francis and yep. just a, a, a good passer of the basketball and understanding of the offense that the coach Richie wants to run this year. So, um, you know, and they feel confident even put him at summit point this year, I know, and, and, and Trey Clark as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. I, and I think, you know, if you look at their non-conference schedule, they've got two sort of the Iron Bowl twins there uh, for, for, for you football fans out there. They play both Alabama and Auburn. Oh, cool. Um, so that'll be kind of kind of neat. I, and I think, you know, we talked about ETSU, LSU, um, obviously UNCG, NC State. I think Furman, uh, Alabama, those are all all winnable games. Really, all for four sure. of the ones I just mentioned are, are winnable games for for those those teams. I only have I only have three things to say about Furman, and they're all good. Um, from talking to Coach Ritchie at, at Media Day, he liked how Mike Bothwell was playing in practice. Uh, so mm-hmm. Look for him to kind of take a step forward. I think he played well in stretches last year. Um, I think no. I think well, actually, four things. I think Noah Gurley is um, a freak of an athlete. If he can, if he can harness that with the ability to shoot from three, like he already can, um, he can be in the conversation for uh, not only defensive player of the year, but I think just all around player of the year. He's that talented as a sophomore. Um, mm-hmm. Alex Hunter is one of my favorite players in the in the entire league. Um, I saw him play at Elon last year and just was so impressed with the way he ran the the, the club. And uh, I think he had a career high that day uh, with points and assists. And then last is just like a, it's just a funny thing. And if, if hopefully if Furman athletics are listening to this at some point, you have to make t-shirts for, for your guy, your freshman guy, Johnny Lawrence. He's the karate kid, man. He's <laughs> the you best. Can't, around, man. It's the best. That's the best. That's the best name in the SoCon right now. Uh, and may, and maybe next to his buddy here, another freshman, Ben Beaker, you get the two best freshman names yeah. coming into this league. I love it, man. That's that's fantastic. I, but honestly, the Johnny Lawrence thing, especially with Cobra Kai being out, like that show on YouTube, mm-hmm. where like he's more of the anti-hero, dude. He even looks like him a little bit, tall, lanky, but yeah, he, he does. Kicks, he kicks, does, kicks. dude. Furman, you got to make some Cobra Kai shirts for your guy Johnny Lawrence over there, or at least make him wear like uh, one of the headbands and shit. I love that. That's fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's honestly, I think Furman's gonna be a really good team again. Very similar to UNCG, just difference between running an offense through um, Matt Rafferty versus, and, and someone like Francis Alonzo, they're just going to have to find ways to score. And with guys like Bob Ritchie and Wes Miller, I have no doubt that they'll have it figured out. Um, so lastly, let's get to Wofford, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, okay. So Wofford, Wofford has, you know, listen, man, they're, they're still a deep team. They're coming into this, um, this, le- this season, coming off the best season in their history. Um, mm-hmm. They – uh, it's just it, it. It's tough. It's tough for me to pick them past any of the other three, but it wouldn't surprise right. me. It just it wouldn't surprise me if they were better than advertised. I asked Jay, um, Coach McCauley, up in uh, up SoCon Day, uh, Media Day, and I said, you know, does this does this give you like an extra chip on your shoulder? And he said, well, listen, you know, I think most people realize, you know, what last year was about. He's like, these kids are ready to play. I'm more excited about them. Um, you know, they have a dynamic freshman coming in named Isaiah Bigelow from right here in Greensboro. Um, he is, I think he's going to give them a different element, different athleticism than even they had last year. I still still can't get away from the fact that they, and this is why I almost picked them third or honestly second, because 
you still have Storm Murphy and Nathan Hoover and Chavez Goodwin. Yeah. And you have and you have when we look through this, you still have Ryan Larson, you still have um, Trevor Stump, you still have Trey Hollowell, um, another another redshirt freshman, Messiah mm-hmm. Jones, um, Donovan mm-hmm. Theme Love. They still have five to six plus shooters from three. That means they can beat anyone at any given day, and I mean that wholeheartedly. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's hard. It's just hard to believe, and I would, and I would automatically give Coach McCauley Coach of the Year if he cracks the top three, um, because it's his first season ever as a head coach in this in this level of basketball. That's it's difficult. Right. I don't care who you are. Um, you can ask Wes when it first happened to him. You can ask Coach Forbes. It's difficult to manage that even if you're successful it's just going to be a stressful it's just to be a different type of stress for for, for coach mccauley in my opinion yeah but and and, and he, he's been around some good staffs you know for sure um he, he was on Richie's staff before he went to, to wofford and it was around how he's on wofford staff before that you know prior back in uh when they really really were uh start to get things rolling there a few years back in the the days of uh Noah Dahlman and and um so I think that that is interesting dynamic I think uh you know he seems poised and ready to lead them um off this season and I think that's why this is this was the right hire for Wofford I think it, it you know the longer it went I was just like are they going to hire him in? but I think it might have had something yeah. to do with the Masters <laughs> but to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, Messiah Jones, the guy you mentioned, he'll be, you know, I'd, athletically, he'll be up there as one of the best athletes you, you, you'll you want to see in the in the league next year. He's Plus an incredible Both player. those guys. Right, both those guys. Um, but uh, yeah, both those guys are, I, I think they're actually a little bit more athletic uh, than even they were last year. Um, with these two guys coming in now, size-wise, though, that you know, uh, when with the loss of Cam, that's that's pretty big. That's huge. But, um, uh, but what they what they lose in size with maybe and and a little bit of rebounding and efficiency, they they gain I think even more in athleticism. Um, even though uh, Cam was a great athlete, um, these two guys coming in are, are going to be game changers because of their length. And, and because of uh, you know their shot blocking ability and rebounding and ability of Chavez Goodwin, uh, who is uh, I think will be a, in the season as one of the the top sh- uh, shot blockers probably as well as rebounded. So yeah, I, I think on any given night, this Wofford team will have the opportunity to to beat anyone in the SoCon, and and you know they've got a couple. Uh, tough ones there early on in the non-conference with uh, Duke and North Carolina, but <laughs> yeah, mean, you we've think? Seen, <laughs> but we've seen what this Whopper team could do before a couple of years ago against North Carolina. So there's not a non-winnable game on their schedule. No, I mean, listen, you know, I think um, especially with Duke and Carolina, they, they don't have like Duke doesn't have like Zion Williamson or or RJ Barrett. Like this right. this team that's so physically imposing that it's difficult for a team like Whopper to compete. Um, Mm-hmm. They're still going to be very good, um, but at the same time, um, anytime you have five guys who can shoot the three, um, and, and probably more, I'm just saying like what I know of. Um, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know as much about Messiah or or, uh, or Isaiah Bigelow if if, if they're going to be those type of players. Um, but man, like, and you can even throw. I'm, I'm looking at their roster. They have one, two, 
three. I'm not even saying names. Four, five, six. Six players who can shoot the three. At least I know from firsthand knowledge. Uh, adding Trevor Stump to the guards, that can, can light it up. So I think, they're again, the reason why I can't put them higher than where they are now is that I just have to see it, and on top of it, yeah. I, I, told, I, I told this to Mike Young, like the third game of the season against High Point. I said, Coach, I've been watching you guys play now for multiple years, and, and, and considering, you know, Cam Jackson, the, the true reason why your offense clicks the way it does, even though Fletcher is the big draw. And he, he, agreed right, wholeheartedly, right. he agreed wholeheartedly. Um, there wasn't a hesitation. There wasn't a, well, yeah, you know, some games he was just like, listen, anytime you can have a guy who's 6'8", 250, 260 pounds, who can pound it down low and also have the ability to understand when he needs to kick it back out so that you can get open threes, at this mm-hmm. level, at any level, he's like is, is so paramount to his offense. So that, that yeah. loss more so than any other loss – Obviously, without mm-hmm. the architect, a guy like Mike Young, um, yeah, so, so important to that team's uh, success. If you if you plucked hey, Cam- if you plucked yeah, Cameron Jackson out of that lineup last year, um, they're still a really good team. But do they make the right. NCAA tournament? Do they go twenty one and zero in the SoCon? Absolutely not. No way. It's not even no. close. Uh-huh. Um, no. They lose three or four games. They certainly would have lost to Furman. Um, and they wouldn't have blown out UNCG three times or how many times they did it. He's the reason he is the, he was the biggest reason why, um, you couldn't focus on the shooters because if you did that, he was going to drop 30 on you. So, uh, to me, that's their biggest loss. Uh, tie that with, with coach young. Um, and it's just a, it's, it's still a good roster though. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for them. I think, I think, and I love, and I think Jay, I think I love Jay. He's such a fantastic guy. Just a real genuine dude. I'm so excited for his, the yeah, opportunity he has. Um, he's good people, as you know. He's what's the yeah. word? So he's just he's salt of the earth. I really, I really hope um, that they surprise everybody. And it's it's not, um, you know, I, I, the more I cover these teams, the more I I'm less of a homer, and I just I'm so I'm I, w- I love I'm I would impressed. love to see them. I would love to see them. You know, have a lot of success this season. Yeah, I'm impressed. You know. We we were both at media day. I haven't talked to you know all uh, really throughout the league. I was impressed with every coach. I mean, it, it, the, and kudos to the ads who hired these guys. I mean, sure, these are top notch basketball coaches. And you know, we we and, and and I was even I was really impressed. With, and we'll talk about this on the next podcast. But uh, Coach Gary over at uh, Mercer, the new the new Mercer head coach. Sure. Um, looking forward to see him what you know his style on the socon will be and um uh, he seemed uh he, he was kind of the coach over there taking it all in learning learning what you know how it goes learning about players you know he was asking forbes about certain players and what, what he thought about them and you know i think they were talking about uh isaiah miller at one point and they were talking about you know man he's he's just a great player you know I mean, like he you're gonna you're gonna He's like, you're going to be impressed when you see him play. That's what Forbes was was talking about. Uh, he just jumps off the here. jumps off the screen, yeah. Yeah, so it, it it was kind of cool to see that whole dynamic of him. You know, just kind of he he was asking a lot of questions, which I, I thought was neat. Um, because, sure. You know, it, you know, he's wanting to learn about the league. He's wanting to learn, you know, who's the the players, and you know, he's only seen his team obviously so far. So, um. 
so it, it was kind of a neat thing to see. But, yeah, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with the, the league. I'm impressed with the coaches. I'm impressed with the, the programs and uh, being, you know, pushing basketball now. And I'm impressed with the new commissioner who has a tie, obviously, to this league from back in the Jerry West days. His, his yeah. father, uh, uh, Fred Schoss, I believe his name is, uh, coached Jerry West. So, um Really, really neat uh, media day, and I, I'm I'm so glad to see it back here uh, this year after a couple of years uh, hiatus um, since the last one. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm going to wrap this up by saying, listen, you know, if you're a fan of this, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, send this link to to John. He can post it on whatever social media he wants. Um, I'm going to create a, a YouTube page that will kind of house these podcasts and anything else that I do personally. Um, the other thing I'll say guys is look for, it may not happen right when the season starts, but I'm going to be doing a new website. It'll be no better, no better game.com. Um, and it's where you can find any kind of mid major content. Uh, obviously we, you know, specific to the SOCON, but also if we have, if I have some contributors that from different conferences that want to add, uh, opinion pieces, podcasts, videos, anything they want to send. Um, I'll, I'll have that coming up. Hopefully, hopefully by the beginning of the season, but if not, it'll be a work in progress. Um, the other thing is this, this podcast in general is sponsored by SCW. If, if you're interested in getting alarm systems, uh, home security cameras, um, go to the website, get scw.com. Um, they're generous enough to, uh, sponsor the podcast and anything that I'm doing from a production side this year. Um, and that's it, man. You can cut, you can, you can find me at Mark at Mark's net seven on Twitter. Um, and, that's that's it. You know, I'm, I'm excited for the basketball season. NBA is kind of wetting my whistle, but I'm really excited more for college basketball to start. Um, and I'll, I'll leave John for the last word, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this season. Uh, I've never been as excited for a basketball season in the Southern Conference, as you said. And um, looking forward to working with you, Mark. And, I, you know, I think that um, it's going to be a little bit of a, a different season, but uh, – it won't be in terms of excitement. I think there's going to be upsets. I think there's going to be uh, battles at the top and uh, we'll see on the next uh, podcast, whether the, the, the six behind these top four, we just talked about it's their team that can break into that top four and, and be kind of the spoiler uh, this year. And, and there, I think there are a couple of teams there. That, sure. There's a couple of candidates. They really look at. Absolutely. All right, John, I appreciate you, man. You have a good rest of your day and a good weekend. And uh, we'll po- I'll hopefully post this up by the end of today, if not tomorrow, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Sounds good, buddy. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. You too, man. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, Episode was sponsored by SCW. It's a security camera warehouse uh, and alarm system uh, company out of Asheville. They are a um, homegrown mom and pop company that has been around for 10 years. They are um, wonderful with customer support, uh, have some of the best uh, camera equipment in the world. They uh, do premium grade, pro grade cameras for residential as well as commercial. And they will also help you with your alarm system at your house similar to an ADT but let's put it this way they do not uh, take any of your 
data, um, anything that you record is your own. Nothing is stolen from your uh, cloud recordings, similar to Ring or, or other um, uh, places that, that use security as their, their backbone. Uh, SCW is again local in Asheville, and we're happy to have them as a sponsor. Go check out their website at getscw.com. That's getscw.com. And um, tell them Mark Zanetto from Point Forward Podcast sent you.